Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Have We Met with Brett. This is your source for everything that is new in the world of pop music. So if you're feeling a little bored of your playlist, I have the answers for you. I've gone through all of this week's new releases, and I'm going to draw your attention to some songs that I am feeling very, very excited about in this moment. Before we get into the new music, I want to remind you that you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and you'll be notified whenever there is a new episode. You can also follow the weekly playlist on either Spotify or Apple Music. If you go to my Instagram at HaveWeMetPod, there is a link in the bio, all of the links to the podcast, the playlist, to the Patreon, everything is there. So I highly encourage you to follow us on Instagram and you'll be kept in the loop with everything that we've got going on. It's super helpful to me if you rate or review the podcast wherever you are listening. So please, before we get started, take a second, give me those five stars and, uh, Then we'll get into it, okay? Now, firstly, I want to apologize for this episode being a little late. I had two auditions on Monday, and then on Monday evening, I went to see the Kim Petras concert, and uh, Kim kept us up pretty late considering it was a Monday. It was a fabulous show. I loved the visuals. Thought she sounded great. It was a cool venue, sort of like a mini arena, basically, and it was nice to see her on that like full pop star scale. If you listened to my bonus episode with Russ on Patreon, where we talked about all the concerts we've been to, uh, Russ was also there, and we are going to have another episode where we talk about concerts, and so we'll pick apart the Kim show then. For right now, I want to talk about some of this week's most exciting new releases, and I'm going to start with one that came as a surprise to me. It's a very exciting and interesting collaboration. And it has become one of my favorite new songs of the week. And it comes to us from the UK band Bombay Bicycle Club. Their sixth album, My Big Day, comes out this Friday, October 20th. And when I looked at the track list, one name really surprised me, Shaka Khan. Apparently, while the band was working on this song, they felt like something was missing. Their lead singer, Jack, was trying to sing the middle eight with this certain energy. And his voice, for whatever reason, wasn't quite able to emulate what he was trying to get across. And so he asked one of their collaborators who he thought maybe would be a good choice to sing it instead. And the response was, well, why don't you just ask Shaka Khan? And while this was maybe an unexpected suggestion, he thought, well, the worst she can say is no, right? Let's ask and let's see what she says. And when she heard what the song is about, she thought that the song represented her values and things that she stands for. And she was happy to hop on it. The song is called Tekken 2 after the 90s video game and is based on ideas of community and togetherness. The band singer Jack flew all the way to LA to work with Shaka Khan. He said in a studio that was the size of a house. In an interview, Shaka Khan said she finds record labels often try to keep artists apart, but she believes music is better when it's not treated as competitive. That collaboration always makes it richer. So I'm going to play you the chorus going into Shaka Khan's verse of Tekken 2 by Bombay Bicycle Club. Yes, one more song to add to my list of songs that are great that feature a double clap or songs that feature a double clap and therefore are immediately great. 
if you are still a person who watches music videos, that song has a great video. It's because it's based on that video game. It happens in an arcade. And their lead singer, Jack, said that they're supposed to be the kind of spotty, nerdy guys just playing their video games. And then Shaka Khan appears like a almost like a video game boss in the wild in California. Another artist that features on the new Bombay Bicycle Club album is young, rising UK singer Holly Humberstone. Holly released her debut EP back in 2021, and then last year's Brit Awards, she was granted the Rising Star Award. And last Friday, she released her debut album, Painting My Bedroom Black. Some of Holly's musical influences include Damien Rice, Phoebe Bridgers, and Hyam, but she says her main genre of music and the genre she most emulates herself is female singers who overshare. The majority of the album was written between tour dates in a time where she was feeling a lot of uncertainty. She said this particular song came in a really grounding moment. And though it's not really about anyone in particular, that it was more about the situation that she was finding herself in and the way that she was feeling about herself and that she needed to reclaim some of that and build kind of a safe space for her to exist in. She says the song feels like it's the start of something, which is probably why it's both the title track and the first song on the album. I'm going to talk a little bit about the rhyme structure of the chorus, but I want to play it for you first so you can see what you think of it before I tell you what I think of it. This is Holly Humberstone and Paint My Bedroom Black. Okay, I hope you're ready for our little musical lesson because we are going to talk about rhyme schemes. So the way that that chorus is structured is a little bit unusual. I remember listening to it for the first time and thinking, oh, she's going to rhyme this with the, oh, no. Oh, she's going to rhyme this with the, oh, no. <laughs> but when you, so when you listen to it, it's it's a little off kilter. But when you write it out, it's A-A-B-C-B-B-A-C. So there is a pattern, but it goes across the entire length of the chorus instead of it being, you know, A, B, A, B, A, B the whole way through, which, you know, is a bit more expected. But that lets this song live in sort of a more long term kind of feeling. And, you know, in this world where music is given to us so instantly and so frequently and so, you know, with such velocity that we are, are kind of used to songs being simplified now. So I kind of like that this song takes us on a bit more of a journey. And I also think we've all been in that kind of place in our lives where we just like want to shut it all out, want to start anew, want to, I don't know, kind of distance ourselves maybe from what we've been doing. And so there's something I find very personal and very emotional about that song. So if she wants to be a female writer who overshares, I think she's well on her way. I uh, highly recommend you check out Holly Humberstone's debut album. It is out now. And speaking of people who've just released new albums, it is now time for us to talk about our most valuable twink pop star, Troye Sivan. 
Troy's third album came out on Friday. It is called Something to Give Each Other. We have talked about it before when Got Me Started came out, but now that we have the full album, I think we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. In most of the promo, Troy has said that it's an album about late nights, a party sort of atmosphere, and that he wanted to evoke mid-2000s Janet Jackson, specifically referencing her album, Demita Joe. I think one thing that Troy has in common with Janet Jackson is that a lot of people underestimate them as vocalists. People think that because Janet has this really airy, light sort of voice that she's not a strong singer, which I disagree with personally, especially in the realm of pop music. Troy is the same. He Maybe his range is a little limited or maybe he prefers to sing in one specific way. But the way that they've navigated around this, um, you know, perceived limitation on this album is really interesting. There's a lot of songs where the vocals have been manipulated, you know, through uh, either a filter or a vocoder, that sort of thing, to give it this depth and this warped sort of feeling, which if he's going for a late night party atmosphere, it gives that sense of like, it unnerves you a little bit. It it makes you uh, a little bit more aware of what you're perceiving. Those manipulated vocals pop up all throughout the album and really help tie it together as one cohesive listen. And while the singles were maybe really upbeat in a way that makes the rest of the album feel a bit down-tempo, I think compared to a lot of Troy's more ballad-focused earlier work, this is still a pretty up-tempo offering from him. My favorite song on the album is track two, and it is also my choice for song of the week. On the album, it comes right after the first single, Rush. And Rush is a tough act to follow. It has been omnipresent for most of the summer. It is a, exactly like the title offers you, it is a rush of energy. It comes, goes, and whatever comes next needs to be really, really strong. And I think that they made absolutely the right decision with this track list. I don't know if you normally listen to an album in order, but I like to. I think typically the artist has put a lot of thought into the track list and the order in which you hear the songs. While the streaming era has maybe changed that a little bit, you know, they try to front load the album with, you know, maybe the more popular songs or the more streamable songs or the shorter songs even. All of that actually makes me think that there was even more pressure put on the song that they were going to put second and after the lead single. The song is called What's the Time Where You Are? Like most of the album, it was co-written with Leland, who you know from RuPaul's Drag Race as their composer. One thing that I've really been loving with this era for Troy is his dedication to his collaborators. You know, a lot of the same songwriters and producers across the album, the same music video directors, the same choreographers. It really seems like he's found his people, people that he's really inspired by and people that he likes to work with and people who understand what he's trying to say. Overall, as someone who has, you know, been a little hot and cold with Troy through the years, I mean, there's been songs I've really loved, but this is the first era of his that I feel like I really love. It seems like he's coming into his own. He's really confident and knows what he wants to say. This song, I think, is really romantic. It's about being apart from someone, wishing you were in the same place. I was saying earlier to Daryl that I wish we had had this song when I was in Halifax in the spring because, you know, that idea of what time is it where you are? What's what's the weather like where you are? You know, what can I do to make myself feel closer to you? It's really romantic um, and it's a little sensual in a way, too. You're also going to get a Janet Jackson reference as soon as this clip starts. So let's have a listen. This is my favorite song off the new Troy album, my pick for song of the week. This is What's the Time Where You Are.
The new Troy album is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it a lot too. I'm really really happy for uh, him and also just like us as gay people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really uh, it's a really celebratory piece of work. Well, it's triumphant for the whole team. You know, every time Troy is posting anything about it, it's I'm working with all of these people that I'm really inspired and excited about. Yeah, and they're all making me feel really safe and comfortable and supported. And you can tell the, like that feeling is just coming through in the work. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I love that so much. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I also know you were saying earlier that you like when someone calls you honey. Yeah. And I do. there's a song on the album called honey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll be one of our songs now. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when somebody calls me honey. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, can I share? You were you were working with a, a coach this week, uh, a queer man, and mm-hmm. he was really fabulous with you, um, really um, encouraging, and he kept going, Brett, honey. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just, I knew it was coming from such a, a warm, loving, encouraging place. Mm-hmm. And I've, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a, a little bit of a niche thing, but like I've always loved when when anyone calls me honey. You know what I mean? Like, not not in a derogatory way, but mm-hmm. just like you know, like you know, come here, honey, or Aww. like you know, just like it's, I think it's nice. So I remember when I was working retail mm-hmm. in Vancouver, I actually got in trouble for calling people hun. Okay, they thought it was a little um, patronizing. I guess were you saying it? In a bitchy tone. Well, it was me, so yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. here, you know, here, hun. Yeah. Or like, oh, yes, hun. Or like, yeah. I don't know. I've always, I've always liked it. I, mm-hmm. I again, like, it depends on uh, context, you know, the context, the tone mm-hmm. in which the you know the message is being delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, hearing you on that call this week and, and and I don't know I just I loved the way he said it too. it was really fun yeah I felt really supported yeah I agree I think with, with anything that you might say to anyone context mm-hmm. and tone and yeah all of that is so important yeah. you know I yeah. agree mm-hmm. I agree so hi hi how are you I'm good how are you I'm good I'm uh, really good it's nice to have you back I missed you last week I missed being on the podcast last <laughs> week I was having a you bit didn't of... miss me you missed the podcast yeah well I, I always miss you oh, that's um nice. but I did have a bit of FOMO not being on the podcast last mm-hmm. week uh you know scheduling uh conflicts happened mm-hmm. we had a long weekend last weekend mm-hmm. well it was funny too because I tried to talk about the artwork yeah and literally all I could say was like, it looks like something Daryl would have designed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I, uh, you know, I had looked up the, the artists and, you know, I, I basically what you, what you had said was basically what I was going to say anyways. 
Um, but I did miss, I did miss coming on and talking. Yeah, I missed it too. Well, it's more fun when we can kind of go back and forth. Yeah. You can teach me something new. Yeah. You can enlighten me a little bit. So what, um, do you want to enlighten me about this week? Well, so yesterday when Ray announced her live album for 21st Century Blues with the London Symphony Orchestra. The Heritage Orchestra. Heritage Orchestra. Thank so you. So it's called My 21st Century Symphony. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, she, she, she uh, released the cover art. Uh, and said, this album is yours at midnight. So I got a chance to look at the album art before the album came out, uh, which is always a treat. And the first thing that struck me was the magnitude and the weight of that that image that is on that cover. She, okay, so tell us what you see. Well, I see a massive audience, a massive crowd, a stadium of people sitting there watching this woman at a piano, basically naked. Mm -hmm. She is wearing her bra, her panties. She is at a piano. It is the back of her head. It is, it it is shot from, it is shot from uh, a behind the scenes kind of point of view. So as if you were part of her crew, Mm -hmm. part of her team looking out at the audience, Mm -hmm. uh, very rarely do you see that in, in cover art. Do you see that, you know, uh, in any kind of promotional imagery? Uh, it, is, uh, it is such a, um, a selfless point of view for somebody, for somebody like Ray. And, and I, I told you this earlier. Uh, it goes back to her, her album, uh, 21st Century Blues. She put her, her sister on the album cover. Mm-hmm. She didn't put herself on the album cover. With this one, it's the back of her head. For me, it is just like, it is the mark of a true artist. She is saying, do not look at me, L- listen to my words, listen to my music. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it's it's not just about me, it's about a huge network of people that have, have brought me to this place. Yeah. So yeah. on 21st Century Blues, she's got her sister standing on top of all of these instruments. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've had to battle my way to the top in the music industry is basically the message that it's sending. Whereas the symphony album art is her with the orchestra behind her and the audience in front of her. And it's just, it's so, it is really powerful. It's it for me, it is the perfect example of the, the yin and yang. Mm -hmm. It is the, the, the perfect contrast of that 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 black and the white, right? Mm-hmm. So the like the first album, it is it is all white, and then just like that little pocket of dense energy right there. That's her sister on top of that beautiful pile of instruments and noise and hands. And then this album, it is all black. You know, the mm-hmm. whole thing is so dark. But then that one contrast in the middle, that white part, that is Ray at the piano. Mm-hmm. You know, it is that perfect, that yin and yang. You put those two side by side, that is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It is a masterpiece, what she has done. Uh, listening to that album with you today was magic. Yeah, I agree. I cried, I laughed, I... So we got to see her last Saturday, and it was... Um, you know, basically a kind of a 
simplified version of this symphony show, right? A lot right. of the same arrangements and that kind of thing, but without the full orchestra, without the full choir. Right. But a heightened version of the the show we saw back in March. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like an elevated version of that. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, so back to the the live album that we're just talking about, like that is like a even more evolved version of the concert we just saw you know she's she's literally doing her entire album front to back yeah like well and in the way that she's obviously been envisioning it for a long time yeah you know like I remember seeing her in concert and her saying well I can't afford to tour with a gospel choir Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna get you to sing this for me yeah so to hear the gospel choir singing it yeah in the four-part harmony you know what I mean it's like yeah oh that's your vision and oh your vision is fucking stunning yeah yeah i would have to say like the show in march Mm -hmm. and and the one we just saw two of my favorites of the year yeah hands down Uh, would go see her again tomorrow i I would see her every single day listening that i could listening to that live album this morning felt like i was right there with her yeah she is so easy to root for and she is so god fucking damn talented yeah, she I would, do it all. I would I would actually go on record to say that this this live album is better than the uh <laughs> than the studio album. She's one of those <laughs> artists you are just getting such a different experience live with Ray and and that comes through wholeheartedly in this in this new album. Cool. Okay, I'm going to play a song from it. Okay. Which one are you playing? Five Star Hotels. Mm, why is it your favorite song? I I think it's so sexy. Yeah. I think it is so uh, relatable. Uh, she talked about it at the concert. Okay. So <laughs> I, here's my preface for this song. She said she was seeing this guy and he wasn't texting her back. Mm-hmm. And she was feeling like, do you know what you're missing? Like, I'm, I've got it all going for me. And you're like letting it slip through your fingers. Yeah. So she said she wrote this song and then she sent it to him. Dead. Oh, I love. And so she's like, you know, the theme of tonight is honesty. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I've never been to Mauritius, but yep. I believe in, you know, writing about things that you see for yourself or right. manifest for yourself. Yeah. And it's a song about knowing what you have to offer and uh, putting it out there for someone and, and hoping that they'll respond. I think it's really sexy. Yeah. And the other thing about the live version is... They've added this intro, this outro. It's so operatic. Yep. It's so... Uh, well, we just have to listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Are yeah, you ready? I agree. Yeah, put it Let's on. Let's do it. Yeah. In the five-star hotel in Mauritius. Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for ha- being here. Somebody don't tell nobody. And I know I've been distant. I've been seeing other guys. You've been kissing other bitches. Mm-hmm. You should come and visit. I got someone else who isn't you pulling up in a minute. Oh, yeah. Don't you know what you're missing in the five-star high hotel in Mauritius? Think I know what you're missing in the five-star high hotel in Mauritius? Yeah, come see, I'm hiding. Stick a drunk island, come to my hotel, baby, don't fight it. I just want to hang in your neck like a diamond. Yeah, if live albums are your thing, I absolutely insist that you listen to the Ray Live album. It's it's sensational. It makes you pay so much attention to every word she's saying. Her emotion comes across, her gratitude. It's just, it's a really emotional listen, but it's well worth it if you're even remotely invested in her artistry. And if you're not, then you should be. <laughs>
And if you get a chance to see her live, she's really incredible. I will actually say a lot of the stories that she was telling in between the songs were part of what made the experience so special. And so it looks like they filmed the concert. So hopefully when they release it, you'll be able to watch it the whole way through and get the sense of her personality, all of that coming through in between. So Ray famously had a lot of struggles with her record label, had to leave her contract and go independent. And that is something that our next artist shares in common with her. Uh, when I was researching her, I found out she was actually signed to Pharrell Williams' record label for a little while, though that record deal never led to her actually releasing a full-length album. There were some singles, but she was caught in label limbo for a little while, which I'm learning is a pretty common thing now. And if it weren't for that Troy song, I think this would be my pick for Song of the Week. It's got a lot of attitude. It was one of those ones that I heard. It caught my ear right away. It's got a little sense of humor. It's a little bit sexy. In the video, she plays multiple different characters, like to the point where we were watching it and going, are those both the same person? She's got that chameleon ability, which in a pop star is always really exciting and really valuable, right? That idea of reinvention, playing those characters, it, it makes it more exciting to be invested in them long term. The song is called Somebody Else, and the lyric is, if you keep treating me like that, you're going to make me fuck somebody else. In talking about the song, she said she was dating somebody and that it felt like a constant game of cat and mouse. Who's going to text first? Who's going to ignore who the longest? She said it was really exhausting, especially being a serial monogamist. She said she doesn't believe in dating multiple people at the same time. So this song is her way of moving on and not getting too attached to one person especially the wrong person. This song has a lot going for it that I enjoy. It's a really slinky little beat. It's got this nice bass line, a couple electronic elements over top. And of course, she delivers it with a lot of attitude, a lot of sass, and a lot of confidence. I'm really excited about Maxine Ashley and about this song, and I hope you will be too. This is Somebody Else. No matter how you try, you That is going on heavy rotation for me. I really like that song a lot. The idea of her being a serial monogamist, but making an entire song about fucking other people, like there's something about the the push and pull of that that gets me really excited. And uh, again, it comes back to the idea of her playing those multiple characters, right? And that adds a lot of intrigue to her as an artist. She also has writing credits for Ariana Grande and was featured on an album that won Best Dance Electronic Album at the Grammys a couple years ago. So she's got some credits to her name. She's got some steam right now, it seems. I uh, hope you'll add that to your playlist. I love that song. And I would like to hear a little bit more from Maxine Ashley. I've been talking about a lot of artists from Australia on the, the podcast so far. There's something in the water there right now, and it's not just Great White Sharks. The next song we're going to talk about is a collaboration that I didn't realize is two bands that feature one of the same members. If you are familiar with the Elton John Dua Lipa song, Cold Heart, you've probably seen the name Pinau attached to it. That is the group that remixed it for its single version. Pinau also has a member named Nick Littlemore, and he is in a band called Empire of the Sun. We were just talking about the Grammy Awards, and Empire of the Sun won the Australian Grammy Award in 2009 for their song, Walking on a Dream. And now the two have joined forces for a song called A-E-I-O-U. 
The other half of Empire of the Sun is Luke Steele, and he provides the vocals on the song. He, talking about it, he said, it's a song about not letting the Garden of Eden within us all be corrupted by the world. Personally, I like a little corruption, but I also like this song. It is acting as the first single from Pernau's upcoming album, Hyperbolic, which comes out in February. And they want it to lead you to the dance floor. So let's dance, shall we? This is Pernau and Empire of the Sun, A-E-I-O-U. has one of those voices that no matter where you are when you hear it you know exactly who that is for me it will always take me back to when I worked at Club Monaco in Vancouver actually because I think Walking on a Dream was the song that was on the playlist there and oh god I got fired from that job well I've been fired from a lot of jobs actually wait did I get fired no it was one of those you can't fire me I quit kind of things okay here's what happened so I've been working there for almost a year I guess and uh, one of my besties was the manager. We we would have so much fun. Like I actually loved working. Well, I, didn't, I don't know if I loved working there. I kind of always wished I was like the person coming in and buying all the clothes instead of the person selling the clothes. But we did have a fabulous team. There was like 60 people on the staff. And every week, you know, especially on Thursday nights, I remember we would all go out afterward. It was like a very like party friendly kind of crew. And we, we got along pretty well. It was fun. It was also like a pretty low stakes job. Like it was Robson Street in Vancouver, flagship store, big, big place, you know. It, it, it didn't really matter if you were making your like daily goals or anything like that. You know what I mean? I remember once this guy was like, this sale went through and it didn't go on my, you know, my, under my name. And my manager literally turned to me and said, um, like anyone's been in trouble for not reaching their goal or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's great motivation. <laughs> but anyway, the music was usually pretty good, like pretty trendy, you know, that kind of thing. I've I found a lot of artists that I still listen to through that playlist. But the way it worked was there were three CDs every month. Each CD was crossfaded, edited, exactly one hour long. So every hour on the hour, there'd be a pause. The CD would change. And it, you know, after a month of that, or, you know, 10 months of that, you know, it was starting to crack me up a little bit because it was like, oh, God. It was like how I was counting the hours of working there. You know what I mean? So one time, my friend, uh, my manager friend Jason and I, we decided this month, we're going to make our own playlist. So we edited an hour worth of music together, lots of our favorite songs, some that were a bit maybe more like radio <laughs> than what Club Monaco would normally play, but also like what would we play if we were the ones curating the playlist? So we made a fake label, and on the night of the, <laughs> the swap over at the start of the month, we swapped our fake CD in. And it was so funny because there were a few people who worked at multiple Club Monaco locations, and one of them <laughs> came in and was like, oh, well, we must just have a special playlist because we're flagship. And we were like, we're getting away with this, aren't we? <laughs> so needless to say, it was a pretty fun group of people and I did enjoy working there. But yeah, that's what Empire of the Sun's voice always makes me think of. I kind of miss that era of burnt CDs. I would get the like a hundred stack of blank CDs and I would just tear through them. That's probably where this whole playlisting fanaticism started for me, truly. I remember I would try to give them funny names. I would always gift them to people. You know, my mom and I had ones for the car that were songs that we always liked. I would make them for one of my iconic ones was called Songs of the Lawnmower. And it was all the songs that I would like to listen to and sing at the top of my lungs while I was mowing the lawn. 
And it would appear I am not the only one who is nostalgic for the era of the burnt CD. I found a song this week by an independent Finnish artist by the name of Nia River. This song actually came out on the 6th, but I missed it, and I like it so much that I'm going to play it for you this week anyway. I've talked about this a little bit before, but sometimes with new artists, it's a little difficult to find too much information about them. Basically, I know that Nia is from a small town in Finland. She has apparently written songs for other artists that have accumulated over 300 million streams, but can I find any of those song credits anywhere? Not so much. It looks like she's pretty active on TikTok, so if that's something you're into, definitely check her out. It's Nia, N-E-E-A, River. And maybe you can report back with some more information. Let me know what you find out about her. For now, all I know is that I really like this song. It's only the third song she's ever released as an independent solo artist. And this week it was added to the Fresh Finds playlist on Spotify, which is another great resource for finding new music. Speaking of finding new music, if you're enjoying the podcast and the music I'm playing, just a reminder, if you go to at HowWeMetPod on Instagram, there are links in the bio there to all of my playlists. So the weekly playlist, which is going to feature every song I've just played for you, and a few more recommendations because I don't have time to play everything. There is also a link to my overall Have We Met 2023 playlist, which has almost 900 songs on it now. That's great for you to just throw on shuffle when you're feeling for something new. I promise there's lots of great pop music some R&B. The next big thing is hiding in that playlist somewhere, and I want you to listen through it and tell me what you think it is. Maybe it's Nia River. Uh, let me know what you think of this. This is Burn CD. So I've been seeing a career counselor recently, and one of the things that keeps popping up is music, of course. And so I was on the Spotify website looking at their job postings, and there is a job that is happening in Finland where you are responsible for making Finnish playlists, finding new Finnish artists, like that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I could do it. And then one of the requirements was obviously that you had to speak English and Finnish. And it reminded me of, if you've ever read the Shopaholic books, that I was obsessed with those books. The movie was like not great, but they did do a great job of this scene. She applies for a job. She obviously needs money. It's at a bank. And she just embellishes her special skills a little bit. And one of them is that she speaks fluent Finnish. And so they hire her to be the interpreter. And so obviously she's just putting on like a Trixie Mattel Swedish accent and like making stuff up. And it becomes inherently clear she has no idea what she's doing. Uh, so anyway, I thought maybe I'll I'll pretend I know how to speak Finnish and I'll, I'll get to go to Finland and I'll meet Nia River and I can ask her some questions about herself. Nia, if you're listening, let's do an interview. I want to pick your brain about a couple things, especially that song. I really love it. The chorus is such a rush. The way it builds up, I like that kind of stuttery, staccato vocal, but then I also like that it doesn't just repeat that over and over. It doesn't have a chance to get grading, you know what I mean? And you really can sing too, baby. And if you have love in your heart for the era of the Burnt CD, then I know we're going to get along. 
But do you think, okay, tell me this. Do you think it's burnt, as in like burnt toast? Or is it burned CD, like a burned person? Oh, God. <laughs> That's where my mind goes. You know what? We're going we're gonna to move on. Nia spells it burned, so let's trust her with this. We only have time to talk about one more song this week. I know, it's flown by, hasn't it? But lots of music that I'm really excited about. I hope you've been having fun. I saved a really good one for last, don't worry. This is another artist with a very recognizable voice. I'm Part of me wants to just play the song and see if you know who it is. But maybe I'll just give you a couple hints instead. Her debut album came out in 2009. It was called Do You Want the Truth or Something Beautiful? She is featured on one of my favorite Sigala songs, Lullaby. And maybe you don't know this, but gay guys, when they hang out, there's almost always a part in the evening where somebody brings up a music video or a performance, and then you put on YouTube on the TV and everyone sits around watching music videos for a while. And one of my friend Joel's favorite videos to put on is this performance of Paloma Faiths at the Brit Awards. It's raining on stage and there are dancers. It's very contemporary. And she sings a song called Only Love Can Hurt Like This. Part of me wonders if that song title was a little prophetic because apparently her upcoming album, which is called The Glorification of Sadness, it comes out in February and is apparently inspired by the dissolution of her 10-year relationship with her boyfriend. The lead single, How You Leave a Man, was co-written with Charlie Puth and L. King of X's and O's. She has a really big voice and it's put to work here. It's got this almost like funky kind of undertone with this almost like classical pop background. Uh, the syncopated drums, it's really driving. It's got a great energy to it, even though the subject matter is, you know, obviously a little emotional. It kind of gives, I don't know, new rules maybe or how to be a heartbreaker. It's as if she's coaching someone on how to break up with their partner. But in reality, maybe she's talking to herself. So without any further ado, this is our grand finale song for this week's episode, Paloma Faith's new single, How You Leave a Man. She has a really big sound, and I feel like that is showcased so, so well there. And with the album being titled The Glorification of Sadness, then I really understand why she would choose a song that has that upbeat sort of feel, but is really saying something different when you listen to the lyrics, right? I love a song like that. That is how you leave a man, and that is how I'm going to leave you. Thank you so much for listening. Apologies again for the late upload, but I know some of you are still getting caught up on older episodes anyway, so that's okay. And that reminds me, if you're listening to an older episode of the podcast, you can find all of those songs on the overall Have We Met 2023 playlist. But if you would like for me to start making weekly ones, you know, episode one, episode 13, I could start doing that and leaving individual playlists up so that you can go and reference them when you're listening to older episodes. If that would be helpful for you, let me know and I can start doing that. And while we were on the subject of being helpful, if you can subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, hopefully a five out of five, uh, write a little review, anything like that is super helpful while we're building our following. And to the hundred or so of you who are listening every week, I so, so appreciate your listening. Please reach out to me. Let me know what songs you're responding to. 
If there's any artists that I maybe have been missing, if there are other songs this week that you liked that I didn't play, anything like that, I'm all ears. Go to Instagram, follow me at Have We Met Pod, and like I said, all the links are there for the podcast, for the playlists, and our new Patreon. Our Patreon is where I will be posting bonus content, and it is also an easy way for you to support the podcast going forward. There is a $2 option, which is just an easy way to crowdfund. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to see it go forward and you want to support it financially, that's the easiest thing you can do. But if you want access to the bonus content, that costs $5 a month and will give you access to my bonus episodes with Russ and with Daryl, the ones I have coming up, and also my full interview with Daggers that you heard a preview of last week. Like I said, I'm hoping to turn this into a job. You know, maybe I'll make a playlist for Spotify. Maybe I'll host a radio show. Maybe I'll make you a playlist for your business. Anything like that. I love music and I've been loving talking about it with you and I can't wait to see where this all goes. Thanks again for listening. Uh, I have been Brett. This is how we met and it was so nice to meet you.